Hey friend, welcome to the Bible Tracked Echoes radio broadcast. I'm Mike McCurry, your host. Thank you so much for joining me once again today. I'm going to ask you if you would to grab your Bibles. You may not believe this, but we are going to the book of Mark. Yes, we are. I know it's been, I don't know, about a month or so since we actually went there, and I'm so very thankful for the opportunity that you've given me to finally get back there. We're going to review just to bring us up to speed on where we are at in just a moment. But before that we do that, let me tell you about a gospel tract. Got one in my hands right now called Charge It. If you've been around this program any length of time, you've heard me talk about Charge It. This little gospel tract right here is the size, the shape, and it looks like a credit card. Now, it's not purposefully that way just to fool people. It's just to get people's attention. It does not look enough like it that people are going to think you left your credit card. At least, I don't think so. It doesn't look like really any credit card I've seen. But in all seriousness, it has on the back of it a very simple plan of salvation. You can't fit a whole lot on a gospel track the size of a credit card, but you can fit enough that someone could come to a saving knowledge of God's Son because of it. I love, as I've mentioned many times, I love to use this gospel tract when I get fuel, when I get gas. I've said it before, but my family and I, I'm in full-time evangelism, and we travel by motorhome. That thing gets about six miles to the gallon. So yes, we stop every once in a while for fuel. And when we do, I'll do my best to remember to leave one of these behind in the little credit card slot. So the next person that comes to get their fuel, they've got to pull it out and maybe it catches their eye. And while they're fueling up, instead of playing on their cell phone, maybe they'll read this gospel tract. As always, you can go to BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org to order some of these for free today. Now, we are in the book of Mark. In the book of Mark, I'm going to ask you to grab your Bibles and go to chapter number three. Let's bring ourselves up to date. We talked about, in we've, we've had multiple weeks, uh, I don't know, maybe six or eight maybe 10 weeks in the book of Mark. But the last time we were in Mark, we talked about, we asked these questions, are you familiar or are you a follower? Do you have a head knowledge of Jesus Christ or do you follow him with your heart? That's a great question I ask of you as well. Are you all about religion or relationship? Do you just want the miracles or do you want to be an adherent, a disciple of the message? Are you looking for a handout or are you looking for hope? And are you just looking for something out of the ordinary or are you trying to get a hold of the omnipotent God? Then we talked about from Mark chapter 3 verse 13, the call of separation. There is a call of separation all through the Bible and we examined that the last time we were in Mark. Then we talked about the call to service. The call to service is found in Mark chapter 3 verses 14 and 15. We talked about a study. We gave a little bit of a study on the disciples, those 12 disciples. And then from Mark chapter 3 verses 20 and 21, we talked about misunderstanding Jesus. And that brings us to where we are today. You know, there are so many examples so many illustrations of what we're going to talk about today. You're going to understand it in just a moment. As we begin, go to Mark chapter 3 and verse number 22. Mark chapter 3, verse 22. I'm going to read, there we are, verse 22 down through verse 26. If you don't have a Bible nearby, it's all right. Just listen to me read these verses. All right, here we go. Mark chapter 3, 22. 
And the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devil casteth out he out devils. And he called them unto him and said, said unto them in parables, How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. You know, you will notice, you will certainly notice it in the political realm these days. But honestly, you'll see this in your personal life as well. When people can't actually prove a point, when they can't actually compete with what you're saying, if they don't have truth on their side, usually what they will default to is called mudslinging. They will make ad hominem attacks. They will make personal attacks against whoever is their opponent. They will try to defeat by just raking up as much mud as possible. But I'd be very careful now, these days. I don't even know what kind of debates we're going to have or different things on the political sphere. Honestly, I don't really tune into the news all that much. I, I would much rather, I don't do it as I should, but I'd much rather spend time talking to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords than looking at who's playing little K King, who's in uh, power in the state house. And all. Let, me, let me also say this. You need to go out and vote. You need to do your civic duty. But I'll be honest with you, the nonsense on the political side of things, it, it wearies me to a large degree. But... That being said, if you do tune in, keep your ears peeled for those that can do nothing but call people names. Whether they do it bluntly like a fifth grader, or whether they do it surreptitiously or subtly by, uh, by kind of being derogatory about someone's motives, about speaking about things about which someone has no control over. And I'll be honest with you, both sides do it. This is not a left versus right thing. This is not a right versus left. This isn't, this isn't about being a centrist or an independent, anything like that. I'm telling you, most people, when it comes to business sometimes, when it comes to politics, when it comes to anything where there might be friction, there might be a disagreement, sometimes people, they'll default to this. And to be honest with you, the Pharisees did so. What they say in verse number 22, the scribes which came down from Jerusalem said, He hath Beelzebub, and by the prince of the devils casteth he out devils. They're talking, get this now, they're talking to Jesus Christ. Now he is the son of God. He's 100% man, 100% God. This is the creator of the universe. They have no idea who they're talking to, to be fair. To be frank, they have no clue. But they think that the best way to take him down a notch, they think that the best way to, to bolster their own position, you realize power and control, just like in the present day, was a lot of what the scribes were after. They were happy with being the rich. They were happy with being the pompous. They were happy, perfectly pleased with being considered holy men of God. And they didn't want anyone infringing it. And this man calling them whited sepulchers, whitewashed sepulchers full of dead man's bones, did not sit too well with them. And you realize Jesus wasn't being insulting when he said that. He was being truthful. 
They looked good on the outside. They were full of nothing but dead man's bones on the inside. Well, these scribes, they said, well, you're just an agent of Satan. The only way you have the power to cast out these devils. I mean, realize if you go back just a little bit, he is literally touching those that had plagues. He's healing those with unclean spirits. And, and, and we have many more right here. We have the man with a withered hand. We have all these different uh, different uh, miracles that have just occurred in the past couple of days, some of them hours. And the best the scribes can come up with is he's, he's working for Satan. What foolishness. You notice here in Scripture that Jesus did not respond by saying mean things to them. He didn't respond by calling them names. He didn't become a backyard bully. I mean, Jesus, I would hazard to guess, was pretty smart. Even though he's 100% man, 100% God, he is still all-powerful. He is still God. And so he could have maybe turned the tap on his omnipotence, his all-power, mentally, and come up with a scathing rebuttal. And instead what he does is, he just begins to talk to them. He asks can a house divided against itself stand? How does that work exactly? I'm sure it made them feel foolish. It wouldn't surprise me if it actually irritated them as well. But think about this, how Jesus responded. You will notice here, verse number 24, and if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. He gives a secular illustration, a kingdom. Verse number 25, and if a house be divided against itself... That house cannot stand. He gives a, a social illustration. Verse number 26. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand. He gives a spiritual illustration as well. He points out how in every realm of life, he, he takes this attack directed at him. I mean, you realize if I was, if I was Jesus, I never could be, I would get so frustrated with these knuckleheads. These absolutely, uh, these nonsense people trying to take the good I'm doing and, and trying to turn it on its head. But he doesn't do that. No, he's, he's not like me. He, he is one of a kind. He's God Almighty. He takes this absolute nonsense and he, he teaches a lesson, a lesson that still applies today. A kingdom, a house, Satan. None of these things can be divided against themselves and prosper. I ask you today, how do you handle when people attack you? I am not perfect at this. Now, I'm not in a position where people are constantly attacking me. <laughs> One of the ways that happens is I don't spend a whole lot of time on social media. So I don't give people all the opportunity because it seems like that is rife with just drama and friction, all that type of stuff. Maybe the Lord will give me liberty and, and lead me to do that more often in the future. Yes, I, I have our broadcast on YouTube and I dabble on Facebook and Instagram and all those things. But it seems like there's a lot of strife, a lot of, a lot of discouragement, a lot of divisiveness on social media. So maybe that's one way. Can I tell you, I have had people say some pretty mean things about me. I've had people uh, just be a little bit, uh, I'll be honest with you, I kind of felt like jerks sometimes. But you know what? I think Jesus, this is not a WWJD, I'm not selling bracelets or anything like that, okay? But I'm just saying, 
I know for a fact what Jesus would do because he did it right here. They literally called him basically a Satan worshiper. You know what he did? He took the opportunity. He said, you're going to give me the public forum. You're going to give me the chance to respond. All right, let's teach a lesson. Let me ask you today, would you please be careful in how you respond to mud-slinging Pharisees? Would you be careful yourself not to become a mud-slinging Pharisee? I think we'd all be better off with a little bit less mud on our hands. I want to thank you, as always, for joining me today on Bible Tract Echoes. Let me ask you, we're going to continue in the book of Mark. Will you join me tomorrow in this study? Have a great day for His glory. As always, we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Thank you for joining us today for Bible Tract Echoes, a ministry of Bible Tracts Incorporated. If you would like to receive a free sample booklet of all of our tracks, you can contact us by calling 309-828-6888. That's 309-828-6888. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 130, Dwight, Illinois, 60420. A faster way to contact us is to go to our website at BibleTracksInc.org. That's BibleTracksInc.org. There you will find more information about our ministry and details on how you can support Bible Tracks Incorporated. Thanks for listening, and may the Lord richly bless you as you serve Him.